I'm Richard Brown, Chairman and CEO of JMBA Financial Advisors in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Thanks for listening to our latest podcast episode as we discuss COVID-19 and how it's impacting the markets. Keep in mind that we're recording this from various locations working remotely on March 17th, 2020. So the situation may very well have shifted by the time you listen to this. We know many of you are concerned about the market volatility, the threat of a recession and the unknown. So we wanted to bring our investment committee together to address some of the things we know that are on your mind. I'm joined by three of my colleagues who help lead JMBA's investment committee who discuss daily how to best position portfolios to achieve your individual goals. Director of Investment Management, David Webb, Senior Advisor and Investment Strategist, Mike Bellata, and Senior Advisor and Investment Strategist, John Foster. Thanks for being part of this conversation. Let's start by talking about where we are and how what we're experiencing today compares to what we experienced back in 2008 and 2009. David, would you like to start? Thanks, Richard. There are some similarities between now and then, uh, but some major differences between what's transpiring today as well as the great financial crisis of a decade ago. So maybe I'll begin with the similarities. First of all, no one has really seen anything like this before in their lifetimes, which has created a great amount of fear. And I think that fear is largely driven by the proximity uh, to us that it's affecting our daily lives, as well as creating a a sense of a lack of control that most people are feeling. Like then, um, stocks weren't necessarily dirt cheap entering this. After all, valuations have increased meaningfully since 2008, which is why JMBA has been under stocks for some time. But this has been a little bit more unique just in terms of the speed of the correction. So whereas 2008 really felt like we were watching maybe a slow motion train wreck, Uh, This has actually been one of the quickest bear markets on record. And uh, the drop, while it's been somewhat similar in feeling to what happened during the financial crisis, in terms of the volatility that we've seen, uh, the major difference today is that the banking system is far stronger. So it's really important to, to go into that for just a moment. The reason the banking system is far stronger is really that the economy has been on a, on a far stronger footing with record low unemployment. Uh, things were going quite swell before the COVID-19 hit the economy. The, the actual shock has been completely exogenous and it came out of nowhere. And so it wasn't as though companies did anything wrong or foolish in terms of their behavior, such as what we saw with banks and real estate investors a decade ago, uh, which is critical because this time as government bailouts will be required for certain industries such as airlines and maybe hotels, no one should really stand in the way of that. Uh, And so what we're starting to see now is the wheels are turning to address this crisis. In the last few days, we've seen a strict health policy response that has been met by a meaningful economic and monetary uh, response from the Federal Reserve. As one market participant put it, it's almost as though the Fed brought an aircraft carrier to a knife fight. And uh, that's, that's wonderful to see the Fed has taken rates to zero. They're going to do everything that they can to support the economy and to make sure that it's functioning properly. What we really haven't seen yet, although it's, we'll probably see it real soon, is really a fiscal policy response that will provide underlying support to the economy in the months ahead. And I think that's on the way. We saw the, the House pass after midnight on Friday, a bill that the Senate should vote on this week. And that really should allow us to bridge the gap until we get through this. 
So we've seen um, effective monetary, fiscal, and health policy responses. That was important. Whereas in 2008, politicians were, were, were bickering and they just weren't moving fast enough to address the reality on the ground. Uh, one other major difference today is that the fiscal stimulus that will be provided in this case will not be used to boost production in factories or lower interest rates won't be necessarily used to finance new equipment more cheaply, but it, it's simply intended to keep people employed and debt serviced through the valley that will go through over the next couple of months. And what that really means is whereas in 2008, 2009, the recession was deep and long and that was driven by excessive leverage and even the financial system was in jeopardy, that's far from the case today. And markets and the economy are poised to rebound when this virus shock recedes. Michael, clearly this is going to slow the economy. How do we know if a recession has started and what does that mean for our investors? Yeah, Richard, that's a good question. And that's one of the things probably in addition to just the number of cases themselves uh, has been talked about the most as we've moved forward here. Uh, you know, it, it would help a little bit to go through a short chronology, though, as to how we got to this point. So first, we started off with hearing about the initial cases in China. And, you know, that's, that's a long ways away. That's not going to have a great impact on our economy. Uh, so let's take a look and isolate that to say, all right, what does the slowdown in China's economy do for the rest of the world? Now, convert, uh, comparisons were then made to the 2003 SARS outbreak, and people were trying to analyze what type of damage that did, economically speaking, and also stock market related. A couple of big things there was that at that point, China was only 4% of the global economy, and now they're 13 and second, obviously, uh, that just became obsolete as the uh, virus started to spread elsewhere, uh, which brings us to then the next kind of stage, which hit South Korea and Iran. And again, the thought was that, you know, as long as it remains overseas, then it won't have that big of an impact, certainly here in the United States. Then Italy, then other parts of Europe, and clearly now here we sit with uh, the United States right in the middle of it. Uh, it was thought initially at the outset that we could avoid a recession. Sure, some areas were gonna slow down. Uh, travel was gonna see some, some hits as people didn't travel as much to those parts of the world. Um, at the same time too, Saudi Arabia and Russia started to play uh, some shenanigans with oil prices. And so that sector was likely going to come under pressure, but it, it was still kind of isolated to certain areas of the economy or certain sectors and not the economy as a whole. And now we see obviously that with all of the restrictions placed uh, across the United States and now globally, uh, I can pretty assuredly say at this point that uh, it will be a nothing short of a miracle if we avoid a recession and it's almost assured that we will be in a recession of some sort the piece that the market and investors and economists are trying to figure out every day is okay well how long potentially might that last how deep will it be and so on and i think the answers to that are are still unknown and as we know with respect to the financial markets is that uncertainty is the number one thing that people don't like uh, you can adjust to good, you can adjust to bad, but how do you adjust to something that you don't know? 
uh, and that causes a lot of expanded volatility and so on that we've seen. Uh, what we do know at this point, just looking back historically, is that there are three uh, basic kinds of recessions. The first is kind of your cyclical recession, just the business downturn. Uh, economies mature, it slows, it happens every you know five to ten years. It's just something that that occurs kind of organically. All right, and that's something that had been talked about prior to that is probably the next thing that would happen is eventually we would fall into this sort of cyclical recession. Well, the market on average falls about a third and it takes typically two to three years to recover from that, from of course the, the trough back to the peak. Uh, and then you have what Goldman Sachs has kind of coined the episodic or event-driven recession. And the ones there that draw the most parallel were uh, 9-11 and the Japanese tsunami, where essentially economy just ground to a halt uh, for a period of time. But as things came back online, demand came back pretty quickly. Uh, and, you know, we, we got back to, uh, in some cases, above average rates of growth. But that event-driven or episodic recession typically has resulted in about a 29% decline. And the nice part about that is that the recovery typically happens within a year or so. Uh, and then the last one is structural. And think of 1929 to 32 and of course 2000 and late 2007 to 2009, where really the whole financial system just freezes up and doesn't function appropriately and so on. You see losses there of anywhere between 50 and 60 percent and the recovery period there is about four to five years. And that was what we go back to, to David's point about why it is important to contrast why this is different than a time period like 2008-9, because then we can at least try to take a look at, all right, we've already fallen about 30% from the peak. How far might we still fall? Well, on average, somewhere between 30 to 35% is most of the bear markets, well, we might already have experienced a good part of that. Uh, and then how long might it take? Well, I think now what we're seeing is that certainly next quarter is not going to look good. Maybe the quarter after that, not so great either. But then by the end of the year, uh, certainly fourth quarter, if not sooner, is that all this pent up demand would be realized. You would have people that have refinanced to record low mortgage rates. You've had cheap gas now for some months. You've got a tax deadline now that looks like it'll get pushed out to July 15th, thus giving people more time uh, to pay their taxes, i.e. keep money in their pocket, and then really unprecedented levels of, of monetary and, and hopefully coming before too long here, fiscal stimulus. So if that's the case, then you know one could argue that Sure, we, we're going to continue to be pretty volatile for, for a period of time, but one of the positives that we can look at is that just this week, if we look at China as the example and how the progression might happen here in the United States, every Apple store in China has now reopened, and every Apple store outside of China is closed until March 27th. All right, so we're a little bit behind that, but the Chinese market and the Chinese economy has already started to bounce back somewhat uh, from that point. And the hope would be that that's, of course, what would start to happen here in the second half of the year.
Thanks, Michael. John, what are we doing now with client portfolios and what might we look to do in the future? Certainly a very uh, critical question with all the volatility going on in markets these days. One thing that we're not doing is panicking, but rather we're staying calm and we're sticking with our long-term investment strategy. Our investment committee meets regularly to review industry-leading research that helps drive our holdings and asset allocation. We then review each client portfolio at a minimum of every 10 business days. In those frequent portfolio reviews, we have been underweight equities since the summer of 2018, and we continue to rebalance portfolios to those underweight stock positions. So we did come into this with less stock exposure across strategies than what we would normally be carrying. After being defensive in allocations with fewer stocks and extra bonds for almost two years, at some point when we get confirmation the market may be putting in a bottom, we won't want to shift from defense to offense. The timing, however, of getting more constructive on stocks and upping our allocations is going to depend on a combination of economic and market indicators. As Mike had just pointed out, we're pretty early in the process here. So since we're early in the economic process with all the volatility, we're also early in the bottoming process for stocks. So right now we're not wanting to buy aggressively, but rather we continue to rebalance portfolios to those underweight equity positions. So we are maintaining caution at, not at the present time, but what we will wanna do is shift from a cautious stance to a more opportunistic stance at some point in the coming months or quarters. Thanks, John. And thanks everybody very much for listening today. Please know that our team is monitoring and managing through this for you, working diligently on your behalf and keeping your goals and best interests front and center as new information becomes available. We'll continue to share relevant market-related information that guides our portfolio management processes. Thank you for your continued trust in JMBA, not just as your financial advisor, but also as your advocate. Please reach out if you need anything at all. You can find our contact information at jmba.com. Important disclosure information. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Therefore, it should not be assumed that future performance of any specific investment or investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or undertaken by JMBA Financial Advisors, Inc., or any non-investment related services, will be profitable, equal any historical performance levels, be suitable for your portfolio or individual situation, or prove successful. A copy of our current written disclosure brochure discussing our advisory services and fees is available upon request. The scope of the services to be provided depends upon the needs of the client and the terms of the engagement. Please see important disclosure information at www.jmba.com disclosure.